Hey, USC Trojan fans, is the next number 55 already playing for USC this year? You are Locked On Trojans, your daily podcast on the USC Trojans, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, fight on, everyone. I'm your host, Mark Hulkin, and thank you for making Locked On USC your first listen every day, Monday through Friday, whether you're watching on YouTube or wherever you like to download your podcast. We are free. Thank you so much. I appreciate your support. We are real close to that 4,000 subscriber number on YouTube, less than 100 away. Help me out. Get me there before game time. And when you like the episode, don't forget to smash that thumbs up. Both of those contributions mean a lot to the show. I don't want you to miss one, so hit that bell notification button. The answer to the question that I asked, is the next number 55 playing for USC this year, is yes. However, you won't see the number 55 this year. You will in spirit, just not on an actual player. If you're watching this episode of Locked on USC on Thursday, like I know you are, first thing, then sometime within the next 48 plus hours, USC is going to be kicking off their season and they're going to be looking to tackle San Jose State. Tackling. Big word. If USC's defense tackled last year, they would have made the playoffs. We've talked about it. It sounds like I'm going to keep beating a dead horse. I'm going to take a little positive turn here in just a second. I promise you. When, when you get as close as USC got last year and not make it to the playoffs, settling for anything less than a, than a playoff appearance in 2023, um, that's going to be considered a – probably going to be considered a major letdown there would have to be some extenuating circumstances to make that um, easy to digest. So you want to know why I'm so confident about this year's team? It's because of the defense's potential. I Look, I know how bad the defense looked last year. I even said it on the Locked on Oregon Ducks podcast. It wasn't good. Those weren't my exact words, but I encourage everyone, go check out the 10-minute segment of that show when you're done making Locked on USC your first listen today. You're going to enjoy it. I I know my opinion's got the ire of Oregon fan um, making fists, scrunchy faces, calling me names. I read the comments. Jobs accomplished. Anyways, back to USC. Unlike the fans um, who watched unlike the Trojan fans who watched USC's defense last year, um, you guys had the option to get up, leave, turn off the TV, whatever. I didn't. I had to watch the games till the very end. And then I had to talk and write about it after the game. Sometimes the job isn't as easy as it looks. Uh, I I did not have that, like I said, I didn't have that option of just, you know, bailing out, turning off the TV and coming back five minutes later. There was times when I wanted to, but I couldn't do that. So despite looking like, you know, USC's defense looking like hot, I don't know, caca <laughs> as the year wore around, 
Um, and, you know, attrition kind of became USC's middle name. Uh, there were signs that Alex Grinch's high-risk, high-reward defensive scheme can get the job done. A team does not need to create and take the ball away as many times as the Trojans did in 2022. Um, you, you don't do that. You, you can't make that type of stuff happen unless you're in the right spot at the right time, reacting, doing your job. So what, what made it so increasingly frustrating to watch USC's defense last year was when a player was in the right position, the right spot, and they had an opportunity to make a tackle and they didn't execute. Again, we can debate the X's and O's versus the Jimmy's and Joe's. However, USC has more Jimmy's and Joe's than they had last year. One of the newest Jimmy's is a tackling machine. This is why Mason Cobb is worthy of the number 55. Since Mason, look, since Mason put on the, the, the Cardinal and Gold for the first time, that was before spring camp started. Since then, he's earned the starter's role. He, he was brought to tears when he found out he was going to be USC's defensive representative of Pac-12 Media Day. And then he actually got honored by his teammates as one of the five team captains. I mean, he's done that since, what, February, January, whenever he stepped foot on campus. Not only is Mason going to fill a major void on defense, uh, he also, he said he cannot wait until Saturday afternoon for his first game as a Trojan. Quote, I can't even imagine, man. Cobb said of his first trip down the Coliseum Tunnel for a regular season game. As a kid, you're, you dream about playing in the Coliseum. You know, USC and all those guys coming through here like Junior Seau and Troy Palomalu and all those guys. I'm excited. I'm really excited, end quote. I have talked multiple times about how competitive Caleb Williams is and how he wants to make everything. He wants to make something out of something happen out of every play on every snap of the ball. Mason Cobb wears number 13 as well. And that number is going to get retired once Caleb leaves USC at the end of the season. However, Alex Grinch feels the same way about Mason on defense. Listen to, the, listen to this quote. Mason's one of those guys that expects to make a play on every single down. You can see it. You can see it in his mentality. I think it's one of those things that not just as a coaching staff we can see it, the players can see it also. Grinch said Cobb has been the model for other defensive players since he arrived. Sounds like Caleb Williams. The number 55 at USC is synonymous with playing defense. And no one has worn that jersey number since, I believe, Lamar Dawson. Mason Cobb is only going to be at USC for one year before he goes on to the NFL and makes an Makes turns himself into an NFL star. Here's the thing. He doesn't need to wear the number 55 this year to be the leader. Mason understands what his role is and what it means to play middle linebacker, especially as a Trojan. Quote, 
as a middle linebacker, you're kind of forced into a leadership role, much like the quarterback. I worked, I worked out like a captain. I tried to lead these guys like a captain before I was even voted one. So you listen to his words, you listen to his position coach's words, you think about Caleb and what coaches talk about and what the players talk about Caleb. They both wear the number 13. I'd be willing to bet if the 55 committee held a vote, they'd find Mason more than worthy of the honor to wear that jersey this year. Here's the thing, though. The next guy who might be bestowed that honor could also be playing right next to Mason uh, when the defense takes the field Saturday afternoon. I mentioned it on yesterday's episode of Locked on USC. My everyday listeners and viewers will will attest to this. They're holding receipts. I said this, that if Eric Gentry isn't 100% healthy, um, and I'm going to hyperbolize it a little bit here. The coaching staff needs to take his helmet away from him and make him just make him so mad he's just hopping up and down on one leg. Look, don't misunderstand. I'm not benching Eric Gentry. However, the future is here. His name's Taka Curtis. He's playing with Mason Cobb. If Eric's not 100% healthy, he doesn't need to play in this game. This is what Mason said about Tackett Curtis. He reminds me a lot of myself. I was always very aggressive and just flying to the ball, even if I didn't know what to do. Tackett, he's always running. He's always going hard. He does remind me of myself when I was growing up. Going up, excuse me. But man, he's much more talented, much faster, much quicker, much stronger. I said at the top of the segment that I was excited about this defense's potential. Mason continued after practice. I just want to show the dominance that we can do. Expect a lot of three and outs. And I think that's our goal this weekend. Is every time we go on the field, it's to go three and out. Anything other than that, and we've got to step it up on our part. That's our goal. And we practice like that every day. Look, that's good enough for me. Okay, right there. Three and out are, is a turnover in my book. It, it accomplishes the same goal as getting an interception or forcing a fumble. It's a turnover on downs, three and out. And when you do that, you are now working towards a championship. So Mason Cobb, he is more than worthy of wearing that number 55. I think eventually, Patrick Curtis is going to get tapped on the shoulder and say, young man, it's your turn. And he's going to continue working towards a championship at USC. Every championship team, it's all about making sure every player is a perfect fit. Guess what? It's the same thing when it comes to your vehicle, because every part needs to fit just right. So the next time you need parts and accessories, head on over to eBay Motors. With eBay Guaranteed Fit, you can be sure that every part you need fits right the first time around. Just add your ride to My Garage, then look for the green mark checked to know that the part's going to fit. Or you're going to get your money back. Because just like in sports, confidence is the name of the game when you shop on eBay Motors. And with over 122 million parts to choose from, you'll be back in the game in no time. After all, it's easy to bring home a win when the right parts are guaranteed. Get the right parts, the right fit, and the right prices on ebaymotors.com. 
Let's ride eBay guaranteed fit only available to U.S. customers, eligible items only, exclusions do apply. Yesterday, I released my first depth chart, and it was real quick. It was off the cuff. This segment, I want to talk about the backups because this season, it's more about the backups than the starters. Someone asked me offline, hey, Mark, what about Max Williams? How come you didn't mention his name? I should have. I apologize. But like I said, it was quick. It was off the cuff. I was trying to do this with names off the top of my head while glancing off at an, uh, an Excel spreadsheet. <clears throat> uh, look, I should have mentioned Max Williams. He's going to play a significant role at one of the safety spots this year. But that's part of the problem of having so many talented pieces available in 2023. And that's a good problem to have. Look, for all I know, Max Williams is starting on Saturday. I wouldn't be shocked in the least. I gave you my depth chart. I'm going to stick with it. Unless I hear something different between now and Saturday. <laughs> that should tell me to change my depth chart. So if you're a starter, if you're not a starter, that's not a bad thing. Because 2023, again, it's all about the backups. That's what was missing last year. Lincoln Riley had his starters. That wasn't the issue. The issue was when the starters had to come out of the game or they were unavailable due to injury. Were the backups capable? On the offensive side of the ball, I think Caleb Williams covered up some of the issues. And that, he, he was able to do that, obviously, until he got hurt in the conference championship game. But and. What really, until the dearth at the tackle position showed up, you really didn't see those, those glaring holes at the backup positions. And here's what we saw at the, at the offensive tackle spots. Cortland Ford, Bobby Haskins, they, they were playing musical chairs at left tackle. And it was depending on, you know, who was healthy and who the coaches trusted. Yeah, that was an issue. Um, neither one are at with the U.S. anymore. Cortland Ford, he has moved on through the transfer portal. He is now competing for a starting job at Kentucky. Bobby Haskins is still fighting for a job in the NFL. Now, Mason Murphy and Jonah Monheim were the only other two guys that the staff used when it was their turn, when they were needed to play offensive tackle, either left or right side. So for the most part, the offensive line held up all season outside of that left tackle spot. But as the season wore on, things started to break down a little bit. Look, playing off, playing in the trenches, you're getting hit. <laughs> you're getting crunched and squished and rolled up on from every angle. Um, not, I'm not sure many people are aware of this, but Justin Dietrich your starting center this year, he played much of the second half of the season last year with, with a pulled hamstring and other injuries. I mean, he had a stick running up and down his leg from, from the butt top of his butt all the way down to his ankle. That's how much support his leg needed just to make him 
functional on the field. And once Brett Nealon went down late, that really caused everything to kind of shuffle around on the offensive line. That's when Justin moved to center. Gino Quinones came in to left at left guard. Oh, I was, yeah. A lot of, uh, because, um, uh, oh my gosh, what's his name? Had to move off to left tackle, the starting left guard last year. Why am I having a brain fart right now? I apologize. It will come to me here momentarily. So while I'm thinking about last year's starting left guard who lifted all, who pumped out all of those um, bench press reps at the NFL Combine after he blew out his knee, um, the offensive line really went into a shuffle. I apologize. My brain is just fried right now, and I can't believe it. Anywho, getting back to the story here. There just weren't enough quality backups um, on the offensive line. They basically had three guys that they relied upon. So once we moved past the offensive line, you had Travis Dye. He was the other guy on offense that went down. But the running game really didn't drop off when Austin Jones or Darwin Barlow filled in. The backups did their job. And because of the injury bug at the tight end spot, Lake McCree was the only tight end that really had any chance to make an impact last year. I'm on the same page as my partner in crime, Eric McKinney, over there at wrc.com. Both of he and I cover the team. Um, and we're not as interested in the starters as we are as the guys who are the backups. Let's say you're number 12 through 24 on both offense and defense. So look, the, the, the starters are going to set the tone. But it's the backups who have to kind of carry the tune when the primetime players aren't available. Being named a starter is a huge honor. It means you set you you you, really, you set yourself apart from the rest of the pack. But as Lincoln Riley said, um, the starter the, the gap between the starters and the backups this year it's much smaller, much smaller today than it was yesterday compared to last year. So just because you're not a starter, it, it doesn't mean it doesn't make your role any less important. In fact, it makes the backup role an opportunity. No player. Andrew Voorhees. Jeez, I apologize. Andrew Voorhees. <laughs> I had to get that name out. It was killing me. No player should lose his job because of an, because of an injury. It happens, though, sometimes. That's the job of the backup. Get the job done and then wait to do it again when your number's called. The show is brought to you by BetterHelp. Give online therapy a try at BetterHelp.com, Locked On College, and get your way. Get on your way to being your best self. Look, we've all been there. You get to that fork in the road, and you're you're faced with some tough choices, and you're unsure of which path you really want to follow. 
Whether you're dealing with decisions around career, relationships, or anything else, therapy helps you stay connected to what you really want while you navigate life. So you can move with the confidence and with excitement. Sometimes just talking about it with someone can help bring clarity to the situation. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online. It's designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to meet your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists at any time at no additional charge. Let therapy be your map with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com forward slash college, and you do that today, you're going to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L like Larry, P like Paul, dot com slash college. I've got my dreams of coming into back into the stadium and running out of that tunnel with the football team. I got dreams of walking in here and seeing my jersey right there next to the other Heisman Trophy winners, but I can't rightfully do that without my Heisman Trophy. Those are the words that Reggie Bush spoke at the same place when his name was chanted on a weekly basis. Reggie, Reggie, Reggie. He was standing at the top of the Coliseum giving a press conference. Look, it's it's just a matter of time. Reggie and USC are going to get their Heisman trophies back. <coughs> Excuse me. Wednesday, uh, USC running back Reggie Bush filed a defamation lawsuit against the NCA. His attorneys announced in a press conference in, at the Los Angeles Memorial Coliseum, the lawsuit it, itself is rooted in comments made back in July of 2021 by an NCAA spokesperson stating Bush participated in a pay-to-play activity. USC fans, we are tired of hearing that. I feel your pain. And I think Reggie Bush has finally said enough is enough. Per on three, the lawsuit stems from an NCAA statement that was issued in July 2021 after ESPN asked if Bush's records should be restored given the NCA installing its interim NIL policy. Quote, NCAA rules still do not permit, still do not permit pay-for-play type of arrangements, end quote. An NCAA spokesman said in 2021. The NCAA in infractions process exists to promote fairness in college sports. The rules that govern fair play are voted on, agreed to, and expected to be upheld by all NCA member schools, end quote. Yeah, that's the NCA. They don't make mistakes. They're always right. We follow the rule. We dot our I's. We cross our T's. Bunch of hypocrites. Todd McNair, USC running back coach during this whole Reggie Bush ordeal, he won his defamation lawsuit against the NCA, but it took forever. I mean, years and years. Todd is now currently coaching the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, if you're curious. Um, IP attorney Darren Heitner. He's somewhat, he's become somewhat of a pretty big, notable name in the name, image, and likeness um, realm. He said he has a hard time seeing Reggie's path to victory in a courtroom. This is what he said. Quote, 
The lengthy complaint reads like an unnecessarily wordy press release and is, is bare as to the legal basis for the claim, which, as a public figure, is incredibly difficult to prevail on, even if, meritor even if it's meritorious. Bush seemingly wants to pin the NCA for a comment made by an employee who, purpor who purportedly said that Bush engaged in a pay-for-play type of arrangement while he was in school. While he may not have received payment directly for participation in sport, could any money that he received be construed as being a type of that kind of arrangement? End quote. So that's why it's so hard to prove defamation. Um, when you're a public figure, your name is out there and you kind of have you kind of have to roll the punches. And I don't know if you by saying that. Reggie Bush got paid to play at USC is defaming his character. No one's going to deny Reggie Bush and his family were receiving perks. They weren't coming from USC, and he wasn't receiving those perks to play at USC. He was receiving those perks to be, he was literally at the forefront of name, image, and likeness. They were creating a marketing company to promote Reggie Bush in the NFL. I doubt if this case ever sees a, the, the, the light of day in court because there's just, look, number one, I think the NC is going to settle. Uh, and there's just so much ground support coming right now. Um, and with others admitting they've done worse, look, if the folks at the, NC, if the, if the folks at the NCAA were smart and they wanted to get, a, you know, an easy win, this is all they have to do. Just come out and make a real two easy two easy statements. College football has changed a lot. The landscape has changed since Reggie Bush was playing football at USC. And while we still agree with our rulings that we handed out over a decade ago, it's time that to pardon Reggie Bush, considering the current climate. And if they're not willing, look, if, if they're not willing to offer a mea culpa, then you know what? The NCA needs to go start collecting Heismans from other former winners. And they can start at Johnny Manziel's house. This might be a good analogy. It might be a poor analogy. It, look, look, it's like keeping someone in jail for marijuana possession it, when it's essentially legal pretty much in most places now. Everybody wins. Reggie gets his Heisman that everyone saw him, what he accomplished on the field. Didn't matter what kind of car he was driving. Didn't matter that his parents were flown in to watch him play on a road trip up in Berkeley. That had nothing to do with Reggie Bush on the field of play. So I, I guess the question is, you know, if, if, if everybody saw Reggie do, do what he did on the field, and the NCA has adjusted for what's going on. You know, they, they basically have, you know, wipe their hands saying, hey, NIL, it's out there. Do what you got to do. The NCA can get credit for, you know, saying, hey, you know what? We agree. Times have changed. We think Reggie should have his Heisman back. 
So why are the easy solutions always the hardest ones to make? Saying I was right at one time, but wrong now, that's commendable. I don't like saying I'm wrong. When I am, I will. Doesn't happen often. But this is what I think is happening. Between USC doing some stuff with their Coliseum decorations, I told you about it, broke the news, that uh, they're making room, pick up the banners in the peristyle. We know Caleb's is going up. There's going to be room for eight banners. Between that, between the billboards that are going up, the group of vocal support just keeps getting louder and louder. And now you've got a lawsuit pending. I think the NCA knows. They've got much bigger fish to fry. They don't, they, they don't need to deal with this anymore. It, it, it's not relevant anymore. No one's ever going to lose an award because they made money playing college sports. Like I said. The NCAA doesn't want to deal with this. They want to stay relevant with major college football. The NCAA and the Heisman Trust, they need to do what Oregon did. They need to stay relevant. That's why Oregon, you know, they kind of had to, you know, tuck tail. They're taking pennies on the dollar to follow USC and stay in the LA market. They want to stay relevant with recruiting in the LA market. And if they're not playing USC and UCLA, they got to go somewhere where they're going to play USC and UCLA. That's what the NCAA, the NCAA needs to do. They need to stay relevant. They need to bend. So, like I said, it's time to give Reggie Bush his Heisman. The NCAA would get a win out of this. They might, it might even give them a little extra latitude with the powers that be that are running major college football right now. We'll see. I'll be back with another episode of Locked on USC tomorrow, the last one of the week, before we head into the first game of the season. I have a feeling you know what I'll be talking about. I'll also have my Friday rant. And, uh, Trying to decide which fan base I'm coming after might even be my own. But I'll have a fun Friday rant for everybody. So until that next episode of Locked on USC tomorrow, everyone, you know what to do.